And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Happy Thanksgiving and happy Turkey Day, Wonderlings. I'm Angela Bowen, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. And today I'm bringing you a special holiday edition episode of the Wonder Years with Season 4, Episode 7, The Ties That Bind, a Thanksgiving-themed episode which aired on November 14th, 1990. In this episode, money is tight around the Arnold household, and things don't look so good when the kitchen stove finally dies. Jack goes to Norcom to ask for a raise and gets it, as well as a promotion. With the new stove in the kitchen, it seems that Arnold's problems are over until it becomes clear that Jack won't be back for Thanksgiving dinner. The episode opens on an old photo album of Jack and Norma as adult Kevin tells us before his parents were mom and dad, they were Norma and Jack. We see their wedding photos smiling in the back seat of a car. Then we see Jack and Norma sitting around a wooden crate on the floor that's filled with plates, a candle, and some wine. So maybe it's kind of like a makeshift little table. Kevin tells us back then they didn't have much, but they had each other. Then we see a picture of Jack and Norma with baby Karen as they stand out in front of their new home. We move over to other pictures of family holidays, of the family in front of Christmas trees from Christmas's past. Kevin tells us over time, Jack and Norma became what most parents did, with what most people did, they became parents and providers. Then we see present day Jack sipping his vodka drink as he complains about one bill after another and why the damn bills are so high. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I hear you there, bud. I hear you, Jack. I don't like high bills, especially in the wintertime when the electricity bill goes through the damn roof. <sighs> Norm asks what's wrong, and Jack asks her, I thought we paid this bill last month. And she tells him, well, that was the dentist. This is the orthodontist. Who in this family has braces? I didn't think the kids did, unless maybe they wear a retainer. Do you have to go to the orthodontist for that? Jack's surprised that the property taxes have come up again. We pretty much kind of pay ours in a, you know monthly with our house payment, so it's all kind of wrapped into one. That way we don't have to worry about it at the end of the year. Norma asks him if he wants corn or carrots for dinner, and he tells her, whatever. He's too preoccupied by his bills. As Norma pops the vegetables, I swear she pops them into the oven, but I could be mistaken. When did the oven first come out? Wayne calls out from the dining room, from the dining room. Oh gosh, I am so all over the place. Hey, are we going to eat or what? As Jack sits down, the kids are at him with their demands. Karen tells him when she goes back to college because she's on a break right now since it's the Thanksgiving holiday. She'll need money for a few things, like books, art supplies, and a yoga mat. Wayne, who's got two celery sticks shoved in the front of his mouth to look like a walrus, kind of balks. A yoga mat. And then Jack asks, what the hell do you need a yoga mat for? For yoga, Karen smiles. Norma calls from the kitchen to Karen. Don't worry, honey, we'll work it out. 
Jack just rolls his eyes at this. Like, of course you will. Since I work and make the money, you get to spend it. Oh, boy. Then Wayne and Kevin start in. Wayne wants a new stereo, and Kevin needs a new baseball glove, complaining that he's played with the same glove for the last few years, and it's outgrown his hand. Greedy little goobers. I tell him, look, Christmas is like a month away. You can ask then. I mean, I never really got too much outside of my birthday in Christmas. My birthday was in late August, and then Christmas, of course, is like four months down the road or whatever. So it's like, yeah, I I normally didn't get too much outside of those two events. Then Norma calls out from the kitchen that the stove's out again. Well, I guess it's sandwiches for them, then. Jack just grimaces over his cup of coffee. Is it coffee or maybe he was drinking vodka? I thought he was drinking the vodka. He might have been drinking the vodka. Norma has a repairman out to check the stove, and he tells her, rather bluntly, that the stove is deader than a doornail. She asks, well, can you fix it? And he tells her, well, yeah, I, I can fix it if I can find the parts. I mean, th that stove's probably got to be out of date as far as they might not make parts for it. Because he's like, if I can find the parts. So, obviously, if he can find them, you know that he's going to have to search and it's going to be expensive. The guy must be reg a regular, you know, who fixes that stove because he calls her Norma when he tells her, I probably shouldn't be saying this being you're a good customer and all, but I think it's time you buy a new one. And just as he says this, Jack walks in the door from work. Yeah, this guy is well aware of Jack's character as he braces carefully when he tells Jack all the things that are wrong with the stove. And Jack tells him, well, I'll get my toolbox. But Norma stops him and says, honey, I don't think your toolbox will work this time. He tells him, I think we need a new stove. And the, repair, the repairman, he backs her on this, like, yeah, I think it's time, Jack. When we needed to get a new fridge, we had called the repairman first, who had clarified that the compressor had went out on it, and it would just be cheaper to get a new one, so that's what we ended up doing. So the family, they get stuck with olive loaf sandwiches for dinner. A few nights of that, and Jack will run himself down to the appliance center and buy a new stove. <laughs> I can imagine. As Norma sits down with the family, she mention, mentions to Jack how she was checking the paper and Montgomery Wards is having a sale. I remember Montgomery Wards. I went there growing up, and then they closed, I think, just before the 2000s rolled in. Jack asks how much a new stove would set them back, and she tells him, only 250 bucks. That's not bad for nowadays prices. I think in present day, they run probably, what, 500 or higher, depending on the make and model? I want to play this clip of Jack's response to only $250. I had to laugh, even though he was kind of being serious. Yeah, I'll be right back. Jack, I was checking the paper today, and Montgomery Wards is having a sale on appliances. How much would a new stove set us back? Only about $250. Don't say only and $250 in the same breath, Norma. Wayne holds up the olive loaf, or is it called pimento loaf? I thought it was pimento loaf. But he holds it up in disgust as he asks, Gee, I wonder how they get those ugly green olives in there. Jack tells them, wondering aloud if he should just ask for a raise, and then with more confidence, he adds, the company owes me. It's been too long. 
don't know if that's how it works in today's world, though, flat out asking your boss for a raise. My guess is you'd probably find yourself booted out the door. I don't know. It may just depend on the company and who you work for. The family all in turn look at Jack, and then Kevin speaks up, telling him it's a good idea. Norma adds how he definitely deserves one. Hell yeah, he does. That guy works his ass off, and it's about time someone showed some appreciation. The next day, Jack walks out dressed in a nice suit as Karen exclaims, Whoa, Dad, check it out! And Kevin adds, Dad, you look great. I want to play this clip. It's so sweet. As Norma comes out in her robe and sees Jack dressed up, she asks, Are you going to wear that tie? And then he tells her how it worked for me once. might work again. So, you know, um, I was going to ask also, is that the tie he got when they first met when he was returning a tie? Remember that little story from Season 1, Episode 5, The Phone Call? I wonder. The way he says, it might work for me again, it worked for me once, so we'll see. All right, I'll be right back. After all, Dad was the great provider. Whoa! Check it out! Fully supported by his providees. Wow. Dad, you look great. What happened? Somebody kicked the bucket? Jack? Oh. Oh, Jack, are you sure you want to wear that tie? What's wrong with this tie? Jack. Worked for me once. Maybe it'll do it again. Wish me luck. It was nice seeing my parents like this. Good luck, honey. Doing what they had to do. For the family. So later that day, Kevin's walking up the driveway from school as his father pulls up behind him. I'm sure Kevin must think his dad lost his job being he's home earlier than usual as Jack gets out. Kevin asks, so, how'd it go? And Jack tells him, rough, rough, as he pulls out his briefcase. Kevin tells him, well, maybe next time. Jack tells him, yeah, maybe. But then, to Kevin's surprise, Jack then pulls out a bouquet of flowers and adds, Maybe not. I want to play this clip of Jack telling the family about his raise and promotion. Granted, it comes with strings attached, as he tells them being the regional manager means he'll have to travel from plant to plant and troubleshooting, etc. Alright, so I will be right back. You got the raise. Not just the raise. You're looking at the new regional manager of product support services. Not that any of us had a clue as to what that meant. Right on, Dad! Still, it had an impressive ring to it. Pretty good, huh? Regional manager? Uh-huh, regional manager. Of course, uh, that means some new responsibilities. Well, you can handle it. I'll uh, have to go on a road some. Move around from plant to plant, troubleshoot in the field. You know, that sort of thing. Does it mean you have to travel a lot? Well, some. Maybe just at first. <laughs> I've got to fly to Pittsburgh tonight. So soon? Well, they said we need somebody out there right away. Oh. But it'll just be until next Wednesday. And suddenly we were getting a pretty fair idea of what a regional manager did. But hey, it's for the best, right? <laughs> Of course, honey. And maybe it was. Mom looked happy. Hefty raise, Dad. Not too shabby. And Dad finally had the recognition he deserved. Oh, no, oh, get out of the way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Now the happy smiles have all but disappeared and are replaced with downcast looks as the realization sets in. They've never had to deal, I don't think, with Jack traveling for his job. That would pretty much be an adjustment for their dad. You know, not at the head of the table, him not lying beside Norma in bed. I remember when Jeremy had to go out of state for a job interview, and it was the first time he, we'd been away from each other since we'd gotten married. Granted, at the time, we'd only been married about uh, two months, but it was still hard on me, you know, and when Jeremy had to go to a meeting for work in Chicago, and we'd been married probably about, I don't even think it'd been a year yet, but we were already living in, you know, where we had moved to. And I was kind of by myself for a couple days at the time. I mean, I, w I was lonely. I missed him. I was used to having him beside me as I slept. Of course, I mean, honestly, who am I to complain when there are people whose spouses are deployed and gone almost year-round? I mean, I, I, I don't know how I would be able to deal with that. Or even, you know, the kids that have to deal with their parents being overseas or, or, you know, in the armed forces and everything. The kids watched from the doorway of their parents' bedroom while Jack got ready and Norma helped him pack to make sure he had everything. Then the taxi honks. It's arrival outside. I want to play this sweet clip as Jack says goodbye to Norma and the kids. Just before he leaves, he turns back and tells her to go and order the stove. Aww. I'll be right back. That night we watched as Mom and Dad shared a tender moment of farewell. Where the hell's that damn cab? Calm down, honey. It'll be here. You, you pack my handkerchiefs? Oh, they're in your carry-on. Oh. That's uh, about time. Okay. That's it, huh? It was strange. Everything was happening so fast. For all of us. Oh, uh, where's my tickets? Oh, they're in your breast pocket. So, uh, that's it then, huh? Oh, okay, you kids. You better take care of your mother now, huh? Go get them, Good, will you? Okay. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and buy that new stove? It was as romantic as some old movie on the late show. Well, as romantic as my parents got anyway. But then, I guess he was in a hurry. from the window as his parents kiss goodbye and comment on, he comments on how it reminds him of an old romantic movie. Norma stands at the edge of the driveway as the taxi pulls away and she waves. We see the new stove in the next scene as Norma gushes over it while on the phone to Jack, telling him that it's white and how she splurged on the easy clean model. I like how it's white. It kind of goes with her kitchen too because a lot, you know, just that, that color, I think, is pretty good. I mean, yeah, she's like, oh, kids, what do you think of the new stove? Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> I remember when my dad bought a new couch and I had to get help get it inside. That damn thing was heavy as hell. Or when Jeremy and I had gotten a new couch and we ended up having to carry um, we our old couch that had, you know, the reclining um, footrest. But it had all that metal underneath that helps it recline. 
we ended up having to get a new couch because the reclining part broke on my side and then it broke on his. So then it was just a couch that, you know, I like to stretch out on a couch and everything like that. And that's kind of hard for me to do when Jeremy's trying to work on his laptop and I have my feet like laying over top of his arms. <laughs> but anyway, we had to carry that out the front door, along the side of the house, up through the garage, into the entryway into the little family room here. That was holy moo heavy. We had to take a few breaks. But anyway, Kevin asked how their dad is, and Norma tells him, well, he's just fine. Norma asks the kids, of course, what they think of the new stove, like I said. Karen tells her mom, oh, it's it's great, Mom. Then she exclaim, Norma exclaims, look, it has meal minder. So that way she's free to entertain her guests while her meal cooks, and it will remind her when it's done. That is pretty sweet. Yeah, we use a regular little kitchen timer that I get from from Meyer and stuff like that. So, so after school, Kevin's playing football with Paul. They're kind of tossing it, you know. Paul's walking down the sidewalk, and Kevin's kind of walking it alongside of him, and they're just kind of tossing the football back and forth. And Paul asks, "Hey, when's your dad coming home?" Kevin tells him, "Wednesday night." Alright, so he's coming back the day before Thanksgiving. I kind of figured he said he, he was just going till Wednesday. So, Paul tells Kevin how his dad must be having a blast flying places and staying in hotels. Sure, I bet it's awesome if you're single and don't have a family to come home to. I mean, yeah, the money's great and all, but around the holidays, especially so close to Thanksgiving, you want to be with your family. I mean, yeah, if he turned it down, they probably would have offered it to someone else. Kevin tells Paul he's sure his dad just wants to come home and then adds out, well, we're doing pretty all right without him. I mean, it's kind of different, like an adventure. Then at dinner that night, it's pot pies for dinner, courtesy of the new stove, but unfortunately, they're not cooked all the way through. Wayne comments how his is a little underdone in the middle, and Kevin adds, yeah, mine's frozen too. Norma figures it must be the new timer, and tells them, well, I'll have your dad look at it when he gets home. It's a new stove. It would be under warranty still. She only had it for, what, a week? Or it could possibly be simply user error. Then the phone rings. It's Jack. She tells him that they're all doing just fine, but he's got bad news. He has to stay there until Saturday. What the fuck? Seriously? I would be pissed as hell. It's Fucking Thanksgiving tomorrow, damn it. I don't give a shit if it's a job. Thanksgiving is family time, period. Retail my ass. No, he's not in retail. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just ranting for all those stores that have to be open on Thanksgiving. Well, not a lot of them, but you know. I remember video stores when I worked at them. They were open 365 days a year. Movie theaters are the same one. You know, I was lucky when I worked at Hollywood Video and Blockbuster. I didn't end up working Christmas Eve, Christmas, or Thanksgiving. I chose to work New Year's Eve or Halloween or maybe even the 4th of July, I can't remember, um, to have Thanksgiving and Christmas off. You basically got your choice of what holidays you wanted off and what ones you signed up to work for. So as soon as Kevin gets wind... On the other end, he's already ranting to Norma, who puts her hand up to silence him. Kevin, seriously, shut up. She's on the phone. She'll fill you in when she's off. 
she tells them, she tells Jack, you know, don't worry, but honey, we will all be fine. And she hangs up. I thought so, and, um, you know, I was right. They are eating on TV trays. I thought it was odd seeing Karen in the recliner and Kevin and Wayne on the couch. You might notice Buster on the couch, and he's a little bigger. He looks to be probably about maybe six months to a year old there. I notice when Kevin turns to face his mom that Wayne is kind of rubbing Buster's ears. Like, oh, he's kind of stroking his ear. It's almost like... You know, he's hearing that news, and he's just kind of rubbing, you know, Buster's ear, like, oh, puppy, make me feel better. I feel bad. <laughs> I don't want to express my feelings, but I'll pet Buster, and he'll make me feel better. Kevin heads over to his mom, and of course, he's just going to make her feel worse by asking her all the questions she does not want to answer right now. You know, I know you want to know what's going on, Kevin, but please, give your mom a minute here. She's still trying to process everything. This is a blow to her, too. I mean, this has got to be the first Thanksgiving that he won't be there for. I'd be devastated. So Kevin asks the obvious million-dollar question, Dad's not going to be home for Thanksgiving? Norma tells him he has to be in Denver first thing Friday morning. Ah! Kevin asks, well, can't he just fly in for a day? And she tells him, it's just too expensive. Flying on Thanksgiving or Christmas, I bet it would be. I wonder what the difference is between flying home on a major, or flying somewhere on a major holiday back in the 70s versus 2017. How much the difference would be. Kevin asks what he's going to do for Thanksgiving. Who knows, Kevin? Right now, I think Norma's more worried about how she's going to do Thanksgiving without her husband than worrying what he's going to do for it. I'm telling you, Kevin, back off and give her space. She then realizes what happened with the pot pies. She forgot to preheat the oven. So I want to play this scene here with Kevin and Norma. I'll be right back. Just fine. Tell him hi. Oh? Well, did he say that was definite? Can't you fly in Thursday night? Oh, no, I know it's expensive. Oh, no, honey, of course. I understand. Well, when do you think you could come home? Saturday. Saturday? But that's two days after... Jack, don't be silly. We'll be fine. Really? Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye? Seemed to me this called for a little further discussion. Dad's not coming home for Thanksgiving? No, he's got to be in Denver first thing Friday morning. Can't he just fly in for a day? No, honey, it's it's just too expensive. What's he gonna do for Thanksgiving? Kevin. And I guess that was about as much discussing as we were gonna do. Oh, I know what's wrong. I forgot to preheat the oven before I set the timer. Well, one thing was clear. Between Dad's new job and Mom's new stove, this holiday was going to the dogs. Wayne ends up offering his frozen pot pie to Buster, who, of course, he just turns his nose up at it. Like, eh, I'd rather have dog food. <laughs> Thank you, though. 
Then Kevin decides to get Wayne's input on the current situation as he asks him, Hey, have you noticed the way that Mom's been acting weird lately? Oh, you mean how she's preoccupied with getting Thanksgiving together for all of you so she doesn't have to admit her feelings? I'm sure she's dealing with them behind closed doors as she cries herself to sleep at night, Kevin. Are you satisfied? Just let her do her thing and stop interrogating her in regards to your dad, Thanksgiving, etc. I know you love your mom, Kev, but she needs this time to process what's going on. And if that means distracting yourself with getting stuff all set up for Thanksgiving, then let her. I know, you know, you're a 14-year-old boy, you don't understand these things, and I know you want to help, but sometimes the best thing is just to let someone be alone for a little bit. Wayne just looks at Kevin and says, hey, do you know you have a big glob of toothpaste right there? As he points to Kevin's nose, and then Kevin turns in shock to the mirror only to discover that Wayne was joking. Like I said, Kev, let me tell you something. Not now or ever will you get a serious thought out or thought out answer from Wayne about anything, okay? Now, Karen, she's the one you might want to talk to about this. She may even sympathize with your worries because she's a woman. She's a girl. Kevin, walking out of the bathroom, gazes into the dining room while thinking maybe he's just making a big deal out of nothing. But then he spies his mom setting up the tablecloth, then pulling it up and bunching it in a ball, tossing it on the table, and sitting in the, down in the chair, looking defeated and sad. We get a shot of the black and white TV set showing Snoopy in the Macy's Day Parade on Thanksgiving Day. Wayne and Karen are hanging out on the couch, and it looks like Karen is stringing some beads together for a necklace. Wayne, of course, is digging in his ear with his finger. Kevin decides to hang outside shooting hoops as he gazes in the kitchen window as his mom is preparing the meal, you know, with uh, dumping out the excess water for the potatoes or peas or whatever she's working on. You know, I'm sure Karen probably asked to help, but Norma probably put her off so she could just kind of have more time to herself on this day. Norma actually sees Kevin kind of looking in on her from the outside, and she offers a reassuring smile that, you know, it's, everything's okay, everything's all right. Then we see a montage of the table being set up for the big dinner. We see candles being lit, potatoes being set on the table, peas or green beans, cranberry sauce, rolls, a gravy boat, and at last, the piece de resistance, the turkey. Look at that delicious bird and all that food. Norma was a cooking machine. They will have leftovers for weeks to come, I'm sure. All right, here's the clip of Norma bringing out the turkey and the family sitting down to dinner. And I will be right back. And to top it all off, a turkey the size of a Buick. Well, that's everything. It was enough to feed a small army. Turkey looks great, Mom. It does, doesn't it? I followed the directions in the cookbook that came with the new stove. And there was nothing left to do but sit down and dig in. Oh, my goodness. I forgot the napkin rings. Only for some reason. Oh, here they are. Mom wouldn't sit down. One for you. One for you. And one for you. You know, this year I tried granny apples in the stuffing instead of golden delicious. Oh, and instead of putting the marshmallows on top of the yams, 
I melted them down and added a little brown sugar for flavoring. Then I put everything together in the blender and whipped it up, but it still wasn't right. So then We I sat there while Mom kept talking and folding her napkin. Threw in a little bit of coconut just before I baked it. It was horrible. Then it got even worse. Her silence was like a cry for help. She was out there on a limb. So I figured I'd come to the rescue. Mom? Who's gonna carve? I don't know. Nice going, butthead. Karen tells her the, tur the turkey looks great, and Norma mentions how she'd followed the direction from the cookbook that came with the stove. The stove came with a cookbook? This stove seriously is full of riches. A meal minder, a cookbook. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. The kids all sit down to a buffet of food, but then Norma exclaims, Oh no, I forgot the napkin rings! As she goes to the china hutch to get them, and then she hands everyone theirs. Kevin notices that Norma is really preoccupied running around, putting the finishing touches, and grabbing last-minute things. Like, she won't let herself enjoy the moment because it's not complete without Jack there. She tells them about her special add-ons to the stuffing and the sweet potatoes. You can almost hear her voice breaking as she tries to get the words out, like she's trying not to give in and let the tears fall in front of her children. Kevin tells us how, as she was talking, she kept folding and unfolding her napkin. Then they all look in the direction of the turkey, unable to say the words, that is, until Kevin breaks the silence and asks, Mom, who's going to carve? He mentions how... He was coming to her rescue, but I'm kind of like, you know, you're, you're really not. You're just stating the obvious that everyone up to this point has avoided saying for fear that this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Sure enough, Kevin utters those words and Norma looks about to crumble as she tells him in a heartbroken voice. I don't know. Then she leaves the table and heads to her room. She doesn't say bye. She just places her na na uh, apron on the back of the chair and leaves the room. This broke my heart. Kevin, why didn't you keep your mouth shut? I know you, you think you're trying to help, but sometimes it's better just to say nothing. The kids all sit there in silence until Wayne slugs Kevin in the arm, telling him, Nice going, butthead. Kevin goes to his mom's door and hears her calling Jack's room, his hotel, to leave a message to have him call her. 
I want to play this clip because it's sad as Kevin goes to cheer up his mom, but then turns happy when the phone rings and it's Jack. Her mood picks up so quick when she hears his voice. I'll be right back. Oh, he hasn't? Oh, no, no, that's all right. Could you just leave a message for him when he gets in? Tell him that Norma called. Yes. Thank you. When you're 14, you know a lot of things. How to throw a spiral. How to fix a bike. But standing there, I knew I couldn't fix what was wrong. going to the airport he's coming home no he's flying in just for an hour but I thought he said it was too expensive yeah it is isn't it Thanksgiving night of 1970 my father came home to his family The family he cared for. The family he provided for. But he came home to someone else, too. He came home to the girl he loved. Maybe sometimes the simple things in life get forgotten. The things parents need. The things children need, too. But that night, Mom and Dad, Jack and Norma, promised to remember. Jack and is all smiles as she tells Kevin to put on his coat. <clears throat> to put on his coat. They're going to the airport to pick up Jack, who flew in for just an hour to be with his family. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm. I was choked up when I watched this scene. It was so beautiful. Um, so it's so sweet. Um, okay. I just need, need a second here. Kevin asks, he's coming home? But Norma tells him he's flying in for an hour. And Kevin asks, but I thought it was too expensive. Norma just smiles. She just smiles. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? We see them at the airport. 
at the gate outside, waving as Jack walks down the steps of the airplane. Norma wastes no time as she runs to him, and they embrace. He lifts her into his arms, and they kiss passionately, saying how much they missed each other. You all, seriously, you can't see it right now, but my eyes are glistening with tears of happiness for these two. You don't see them together like this very often, but when you do, it is magical and beautiful. We close out the episode with a black and white photograph of the kids much younger peeking around the corner of their parents' bedroom door as they watch their parents kiss. Here's a question. Who's taking that photo? <laughs> they're all there in the picture. Who's taking that photo? Somebody's taking that picture. But anyway, I just saw... Time for my Flower Power episode rating. I'm giving this episode 5 out of 5 Flower Power Petals. I loved this episode so much, especially the end. So, one, for Jack going after that raise at his job and getting a promotion, also bringing flowers home to Norma. Two, the appearance of Buster. Oh, I love that little guy. He is not in enough episodes. Three, Norma, the best TV mom cook of all time, how she held it together the best she could for her kids when she was down and missing Jack on Thanksgiving. Four, Paul's one-minute appearance tossing the football to Kevin as they talk about Jack traveling. And five, for Jack catching a flight home to be with his family, family if only for an hour on Thanksgiving. And... His enormous embrace at the airport was so sweet and beautiful. My quote of the episode, narrator, Before my parents were mom and dad, they were Norma and Jack. Or so the story goes. Back then, they didn't have much, so they got by on what they had, each other. Somewhere along the way, though, hearts and flowers gave way to other things. Guess it kind of took them by surprise. So, like any couple of their generation, they did what they had to do. They became parents. Providers. Alright, here is my Wonderling Words of Wisdom. It's a little long, but... As you guys sit down to your turkey dinner tomorrow, give thanks for not just each other, but the many blessings you've probably been blessed with in life. Whether it's a roof over your head, food in your belly, clothes on your back, a job to provide for your family or yourself, your loved ones at your side, etc. Let us not forget those people who are currently fighting overseas for our freedom who can't be with their families tomorrow, to the elderly who may not have family to spend the holiday with, and also to the people at the retail stores who stay open on Thanksgiving, who have to give up their time with their families to be there for the shoppers and prepare for Black Friday. I'll tell you what I'm thankful for. An amazing family. My husband who supports me. My job to pay my bills and put food on the table. My two fur kids, Quinn and London. And most of all, to you, my listeners, for taking the time to listen and enjoy this podcast. I thank you all. Have a wonderful and beautiful Thanksgiving tomorrow. Speaking of listeners, let's say hey to some new listeners this week. We have Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Westlake Village, California, Germany, Corona, California. Um, guys, I, I can't pronounce... Shemgang B 
H-U-T-A-N. Buhutan? I'm just going to guess at that. I'm sorry. Uh, Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Baldwin Park, California. Beers, Belgium. St. Petersburg, Florida. Ashburn, Virginia. San Jose, Costa Rica. Mexborough, United Kingdom, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Iraq. Monterey Park, California. India. Costa Rica. Denver, Colorado. Bakersfield, California. Braintree, United Kingdom, and Lannister, France. I want to give a sincere thank you to all of you listeners out there, whether you listen to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other listening platforms that you may use to hear this podcast. To all listeners, new and old, I love giving you guys the episode recaps of The Wonder Years every week. Joining me as I go into full detail as we reminisce of days gone by with Kevin Arnold and his friends Paul and Winnie and the rest of the Arnold family, as well as giving my occasional running commentary and childhood stories. There are many ways to stay connected to the podcast, like liking and following the Facebook page, looking back at my Wonder Years and Wonder Years podcast, following me on Instagram at LBOM Wonder Years podcast, also following me on Twitter at Wonder Years pod. You guys can also email me LBOM wonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. These links are all available on the SoundCloud page. Also, if you follow, if you enjoy this podcast, please go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And speaking of Thanksgiving, um, I do have a couple memories. One is the Thanksgiving that Jeremy and I started dating in 2003. Jeremy had to work at the video store, and, you know, I had it off. And I figured since he had to work and I spent time with my family, I'm like, I want to make a plate of food for Jeremy to bring to him because, you know, he had to work Thanksgiving. So that was kind of, you know, I just sat there and kind of watched him eat and everything like that. Either that or I gave that to him and just he kind of uh, took it home. I can't remember. Um, 2005, I was working at KFC and just started working third shift at Kmart for the seasonal time, and I ended up having, I said I'd go in for my first night, Thanksgiving night, to set up for Black Friday, and unfortunately, I only made it to about 4 a.m., because I took, it was, I'd never worked third shift before. I took a couple caffeine pills that were equal to, like, four cups of coffee, and I started getting really, really jittery, and they they sent me home. Luckily, you know, I didn't lose my job. It was just a temporary thing. But, uh, yeah, that was not a good experience at all. It really wasn't. Um, 2004, Jeremy and I would have just celebrated our first year as a couple, and that would have been my first Thanksgiving, sharing it with his aunt and uncle. And it was it was a nerve wracking time. It was a little I was a little nervous, you know. I didn't I'd never met them before. I'd met his mother, and and brother, but that was pretty much it. So I was I was like, but uh, yeah, it was it was good good time had, and everything. Um, Thanksgiving of two thousand eight, Jeremy and I were in our first apartment, and we invited his mother over to our apartment, and we had Thanksgiving dinner there, just the three of us, which was really nice. Okay, so get your Kleenexes out, guys. Join me this weekend for a tearjerker of an episode as I review season three, episode twenty, 
Goodbye, which aired on April 24, 1990. In this episode, Kevin's grades in Mr. Collins' math class are not that good. He's still really struggling after all this time. After talking to Kevin, Mr. Collins suggests he could give him extra lessons to help him on the upcoming test. Kevin seems to be getting better until one day when Mr. Collins fails to show up. Guys, this is the character Mr. Collins. This is where we say goodbye to him. His character passes on. Rest in peace, Mr. Collins. So join me. That will most likely be up either Friday or Saturday, and I'll try to get the next episode up, which is Coco and Sympathy, because I really want to wrap with next week. I want to wrap up the final two episodes after that of season three so that way in january we can start fresh with season four so like i said everybody have a wonderful beautiful thanksgiving if you don't celebrate thanksgiving have a wonderful thursday and just you know be safe here in the states or if you guys are going out for black friday um early in the morning just be careful be safe on the roads I don't know what your weather conditions are like. And like I said in the past couple podcasts, please, please be careful. You guys know how people can get on Black Friday when they're aggressive, when they want those big screen TVs that are like a hundred bucks. Nothing is worth punching someone over or getting punched yourself or trampled to death. Think of people that have worked on these holidays that have probably lost, lost their lives because of the mass rampage of people that want all these deals. All right, guys, I will be back on Friday or Saturday to cover the goodbye episode. And I will be doing the elf Thanksgiving episode that should be up tomorrow. So, all right. Bye bye. Thank you.